You are listening to Tani Talks Radio, the year where we talk about a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. We're going to talk about what the real hero really means. The year is in the merit of the safe and healthy return of all the captives, every single one of them, for the refuah shalem of all the injured and sick, and for the safety, protection, success of all the soldiers in the IDF and around the world, and our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. We shall only know from Hatzlacha and Rafua and Yeshua for all of us, and we shall be Zelcha. The Mashiach comes today with the building of the third base, and we just speedily in our days, and may that day in fact be today. What do you think of when you hear the word hero? There are actually some people that come to mind, obviously now here in November 2023 during this Difficult, difficult time with the horrific, horrific attacks perpetrated by our enemies and people rise up to the fore. Of course, it's easy to think of those who are actually heroes, of course, those on the front lines, but other people coming and stepping up are also very much the hero. I'm on this Israel Good News Only group, which I recommend everyone join on WhatsApp. It has the best news of the day, and you see different people that pop up as heroes you, th- you think of Rabbi Shai Groucher as a big hero with the wonderful Yachan and Atzeach organization. You think of the person that sponsored the, the $500,000 of tickets for the reservists a couple of weeks ago, heroes. When we think of the word hero, oftentimes to mind in society, it's not who you think of. It's not who they think of, and it's not who is in mind. What comes to mind with the use of that phrase? Is it the comic book legends or the main characters in books, movies, or TV shows? Why would that be the right depiction of what a true hero really is? Think about what you automatically trigger reaction. Think of with the word hero. The dictionary defines a hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Too often, this idea gets immortalized and larger than life, making it seem unattainable and impossible for the common person to achieve. I could never be a hero. Look what he or she did. That's a real hero. What am I? I'm zero compared to that. We tend to think of the heroes in history and the Havel Tanakh as infallible, picture-perfect images of people that seems itself impossible to touch or reach. We look at the Avos, the Shvat, the Moshe, and the other leaders. We look at each person in Sefer Abrashis. We're heading through each Parsha Abrashis. We see in Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And we go later on in, in the past in Jewish history, the kings and the prophets, the Tanam, the Amaraim, and commentators as these amazingly heroic and super people. And of course, they were super. But it doesn't help when we look at things and we look at them as immortalized beings. Of course, Hashem is the only immortal, and we look at them as people that didn't have daily struggles and daily difficulties. It also doesn't help Lahavda when we read novels, especially Jewish, of great people that depict people as pure angels that never did or had struggles with issues or any sins or anything like the rest of us in their lives. But look closely and how our leaders in Tanakh are portrayed. Hashem specifically put into our history the faults of our ancestors and our heroes and leaders, the stories that don't seem to portray the characters in Tanakh in the best way. We just read about Yaakov having to take the brachos in a deceitful way. A few weeks ago, we read about Avram having to send away Yishmael, anathema to his nature. We read about in the future Moshe getting angry at the Jews in the desert. In just a few weeks, the brothers selling Yosef, Yehud, and Tamar, Devon, and Bacheva, different examples of different stories that are 
difficult to see and difficult to read, but it shows that heroes are regular, ordinary people that fight inner struggles and rise to greatness. In fact, David is seen as the paradigm of Chua because he had difficulties in his life and he rose to greatness after understanding the different difficulties in his life. We need to realize that the real definition of a hero is vastly different, especially defined by Jewish terms. We need to negate the feeling of zero and realize we all have true worth and ability to be our own heroes by conquering that which is ever-present and within each of us, our own wars, battles, and struggles, which often happen daily. Very interestingly, in one of the groups that I'm on, Sparks of a Nation, oftentimes they depict these different ordinary everyday heroes, people involved in, I forget the name of the organization, but the Renewal organization, I believe it's called, where you have a regular ordinary guy who gives up a kidney from his own body and gives it to oftentimes a complete stranger, literally saving their life. That's a heroic act, and that's an ordinary everyday person who you would see going to work, coming back, going to shul, but decides to make an extraordinary decision in his own life. We should realize that we have the strength within us to do wonderful things, great things, even daily. But also be careful not to idolize heroes and realize they are fallible and human. Could still have many aspects besides for the hero one, especially depicted through so many stories in Tanakh, specifically to illustrate this point. We tend to put heroes on pedestals and high planes when in reality that's not the case. It doesn't help that, you know, a lot of times I'm a big fan of biographies, but the problem with the biographies that for me I don't relate to is that there's literally no room for human fallibility. Every single chapter, every single page, it talks about thousands of thousands of beautiful things they did. They never ate. They never slept. They never did a sin in their life. They never made a mistake in their life. I can't relate to those kind of things. I can't relate to those things. So biographies for me are very difficult to read. It makes it hard to connect to people like that. Why would Hashem in his own Torah put these stories that show them as fallible, but within our own Gedolim stories, we have books that make it so hard to connect to, so hard to reach, making them seem like super extra human. I can't relate to that as a regular Balabai. It's a regular guy. I need to read things that can push me and motivate me, realizing that they have the common struggles, they have the common difficulties. Maybe add a chapter how difficult life was. You know, they had to live a simple life. They had a very small house, but they did what they could. They still sent to Yeshiva. They still did what they can put some details in that actually can relate to other people. And that's why I like to think of the idea, Lahavdil Lahavdil, as what's called the every man hero. Wikipedia explains Lahavdil, a more relatable type of a hero for a person, is what's called the every man, every woman hero. Explained by them, Lahavdil, as every man in literature drama is an ordinary individual with whom the audience is able to easily identify. The everyman is generally a protagonist whose benign conduct fosters the audience's wide identification with him. Once facing an extraordinary challenge, every man may mount an exceptional response, nonetheless perhaps even fulfilling a hero's journey, acquiring exceptional abilities, after all, that complement his commonplace humble core. There are numerous instances of every woman, too. Generally, a modern everyman, although perhaps adolescent, is neither a child nor elderly, and is physically unremarkable. Although his intellect and integrity may be appreciable, he typically lacks the privilege of authority or prosperity, 
occupies the middle class or lower class within the bulk of society, typically shows moral idealism, yearning for greater success and foresight in career or family life, yet his modest means may compound life's vicissitudes, while his own virtues casting him in roles valuable to others may escalate his own troubles. Still, by his resourcefulness and fortitude, he may fulfill his modest ambitions, often furthering the greater good as well. So basically, we have a guy, an ordinary guy, an everyday guy, an average guy, who goes on this quest and is able to figure things out. And he's able to go and rise to the role and rise to the scene, rise to the occasion, rise to the moment, and be able to save the day, basically, be able to do what he can to rise to the role and make sure the day is won. This is the type of character that I'm relating to, that I'm trying to talk about, that we're able to connect to. These are the types of characters, the types of people that we see right now, nowadays, in this very intense war that wasn't you know, asked for by us, by Israel, by the Jewish people. These are the people, these really everyday people that do great things. The guy in Tel Aviv who kosher's his entire kitchen just to serve that extra soldier who only keeps, you know, glot kosher. The guy who donates all of his svarim, all of his talis, and all of his tefillin, all of his sitzes, so that people on the front lines can have it. Our school printing 20,000 copies of the Gemara special just so that the soldier sitting in Gaza in the chair can read the Gemara. I'm sure we all saw that picture of the people sitting with the rubble behind them, just learning the daf, Rabbi Groucher, all these other people, these wonderful people rising to the occasion, being the heroes of the day. The Jewish definition of an everyman hero, a gibor, is the key to live up to. It can still be the person rising to the occasion, someone you look up to and a role model, but it encapsulates something else, something that is actually attainable for each and every one. And I use this phrase in Countless lectures, countless shirim, because it's such a powerful phrase to try to relate to each day. In 4.1, in Pirkei Elvos, Ethics of the Fathers, God willing, we'll get to this in a couple of months on the Tani Talks Pirkei Elvos. Ben Zomer Omer, Ezehu Gibor, Hakovish Esitzro. Ben Zomer says from Mishle, the, the Pasuk is going to come in a minute, from Mishle, Ezehu Gibor, Hakovish Esitzro. Shinemar Tov, Erech HaPai, Migibor, Omoshel, Barucho, Milochet, Ir. Ben Zoma said, Who is mighty? He who subdues his evil inclination. As it is said, He that slowed anger is better than the mighty, and he that rules his spirit that he, than he that takes his city. Someone who can control the anger, that can control the rage, that can control the ability, is even better than all the others. You see all these, these demonstrations for the evil, for the wrong side, for the side of, of lack of morals, and they get angry so easily, they get violent so easily. But Baruch Hashem at the pro-Israel rallies the pro-Israel demonstrations at, at the beautiful demonstration last week for 300,000 Jews. There was not a single violent act. There was only pure patriotism, pure show of solidarity for Jewish people, for the land of Israel. How beautiful, because there wasn't anger. There was people who were conquering their... Their initial hesitation, maybe, or initial ability to get there, and everyone made it there, all those 300,000 people, those were stronger people than people that can make a city. And each person who can conquer something about themselves and can donate their ability on behalf of the people of Israel, on behalf of the land of Israel, each person who could subdue something inside himself as a merit for the people, for the land, is also a warrior, a hero in and of himself. Someone who is able to conquer his anger, someone who is able to be slow to anger, is better than the mighty, and they are able to rule the spirit that is someone stronger than someone who takes a city. 
H.com points out from author <laughs> Ruchama King Fire, Feuerman that the definition of a hero tells lots of things. Jewish bravery isn't loud in public. Like, you're not advertising these things. These beautiful people stepping up to the stage, especially here in fall 2023, they're not advertising to the world. They're not telling Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest all the wonderful things they're doing because that's not necessary. That's not what the definition of heroism is, the definition of a true hero. Jewish bravery isn't loud in public. You don't need muscles and swords and guns. Here you won't find the sheriff single-handedly facing down a posse of evil guys while all the townsfolk follow each move from behind their windows. Jewish bravery is often quiet, muted. It's the battles that take place in the mind, the struggles that happen in the everyday moments, whether it's a four-year-old or a 40-year-old, the Jewish concept of courage doesn't require an act that's grandiose or larger than life. You don't have to grow up to become a hero. You can be one right away. Legends of the Jews points out a very interesting situation that happened many, many years ago during the times of the desert. A person, specifically Moshe Rabbeinu, deserves more praise for his unusual strength of will than for his natural capacity, for he succeeded in transforming an originally evil disposition into a noble, exalted character. After the wonderful exodus of the Israelites from Egypt, the king of Arabia sent an artist to Moses, to Moshe, to paint his portrait that he might always have the likeness of this divine man before him. The painter returned with his handiwork, and the king assembled his wise men, those in particular who were conversant with the science of physiognomy, the study of the face. He displayed the portrait before them and invited their judgment upon it. The unanimous opinion was that it represented a man, Covetus, haughty, in short, disfigured, Inflamed by different things, disfigured by possibly all possible ugly traits. The king was indignant, furious that they should pretend to be masters in physiognomy, seeing that they declared the picture of Moshe, the holy divine man, to be the picture of a villain, God forbid. They defended themselves by accusing the painter in turn of not having produced a true portrait of Moshe, else they would not have fallen into the erroneous judgment they had expressed. But the artist insisted that his work resembled the original closely. Unable to decide who was right, the Arabian king went to see Moshe himself, and he could not but admit that the portrait painted for him was a masterpiece. Moshe, as he beheld him in the flesh, was the Moshe upon the canvas. There could be no doubt that the highly extolled knowledge of his physiognomy experts was empty twaddle. He told Moshe what had happened and what he thought of it. He replied, the artist and the experts alike are masters, each in his line. If my fine qualities were product of nature, I were no better than a log of wood which remains forever as nature produced it at the first. Unashamed, I make the confession to thee that by nature I possessed all the reprehensible traits that wise men read in my picture and ascribed to me, perhaps to a greater degree even than they think. But I mastered my evil inclinations with my strong will, and the character I acquired through severe discipline has become the opposite of the disposition with which I was born. Through this change wrought in me by my own efforts, I have earned honor and commendation upon earth as well as in heaven. Meaning that he had to work hard on himself, in himself, to have this change overcome. What they see on paper is what they see in the real life. The Gemara in Sukkah 52b explains that Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish says, Rish Lakish says, who himself, by the way, knows this because he started off abandoned, did tshuva, and then became the learning partner of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. 
So he himself knows from these things, a person's evil inclination, he said, overcomes him each day and seeks to kill him, seeks to eradicate him, as it is stated, from Tehillim. 37. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to kill him. The wicked here is referring to the wickedness inside one's heart. If it were not for the Holy One, blessed be he who assists him, with the good inclination, he would not overcome it, as it is stated. Hashem will not leave him in his hand, nor suffer him to be condemned when he is judged. Who then is the real hero? The one who fights the inner battles or the battles all around them in their own homes and lives. The real heroes are the ones who we don't hear about, we don't see, we don't know about. Who struggle with the daily battles and the daily fights, literally and figuratively, within oneself within one's surroundings and life situations. Others may struggle with illnesses, physical or mental afflictions, addictions, wants and relapses. We wouldn't even know it. They struggle silently in their own lives, behind their own four walls, never really knowing what goes on in people's houses and behind closed doors. The real hero can present in so many ways the person who loves the small McDonald's but doesn't succumb to the urge and instead walks a different way home. The person who loves to hear gossip but doesn't join the quote-unquote mitzvah meeting, which really is a Lashon Hara meeting, and it stays, instead stays home and does a mitzvah. The parents struggling with many little kids while trying to go about making dinner, suppressing the anger and annoyance of the children, the loan officer, the loan officer who overcame the desire to take massive interests at work, even though he easily could have made thousands, the overeating foodie who resisted the urge to go buy and eat in another food shop, and examples abound and abound. These are examples of different heroes within and among us. The person fighting against all their urges and their wants, the one who stands up every day as a soldier in the army of Hashem, not just a soldier in the land of Hashem, but those surrounding the land from all over the world, learning from people, doing mitzvahs for people, giving Shabbos, lighting candles, doing tefillin, doing tzitzes and many different things. These are all people in the soldiers, are all soldiers in the army of Hashem to take the evil inclination down. These people are all in their own ways real heroes, and these real heroes are all really us. We just don't always know it. There are many definitions to the word hero. You can look at the Klein Dictionary or the Jastro, and you can see it's talking about mighty, courageous, valiant, heroic, a warrior, hero. Someone who's brave, someone who is strong, someone who is bold and courageous, someone who has heroism, strength, and valor, and might, someone who's strong, mighty, and eminent, and noble, someone who could be great, large, big, or strong, or noble, but it really means inner strength, inner ability, really to be able to sanctify Hashem's name, has the ability to have noble deeds, that's a really strong people person because the Pasuk as we saw before from Mishle Tov Gibor greater is the withholder of his wrath than the hero and the ruler of his spirit, the conqueror of his evil inclination, than the conqueror of a city. Gibor Gever, or Chaim points out in Shmos is an allusion to Gevura, an allusion to heroism or bravery. And we're talking about Yitzchak now, looking at Toldos, looking at the idea what is Yitzchak's actual Mida, Avram is known for Chesed, and Yaakov is known for his MS. Actually, we're moving to Yaakov, but we just saw Yitzhak, rather. He's the symbol of Gvura strength. The true definition of a hero is one who's fighting the good fight within himself and for the sake of the Jewish people in the land of Israel to overcome his struggles with character and conviction and not physical strength. Pekerovus also points out else, elsewhere in Perak Hey Mishnah Yid Aleph, Arba Midos Bideos, Kasha Lechos Venoch Lertzos Chasid, Noach Lechos Vekasha Lertzos Rasha. There are four kinds of temperaments. 
Hard to become angry and easy to be appeased. That's a beautiful, beautiful level. Very difficult for many of us, myself included. That's the pious person. Easy to become angry and hard to appease. That's a wicked person. We have to try our hardest to be on the best level playing field for our temperaments as, all, as well. He who is slow to anger, the improvement of moral, moral qualities, points out the Tigon Midos Nefesh. That's the most praiseworthy. This is one of the virtues of the noble and excellent men, among whose qualities wrath rarely ever appears. Yudam and Tima points out also in Perkeos and Perkei Mishnachav, Vigibur Ka'ari, Lasos Ritzon Sometimes you need to have strong bravery, strength, to do the will of your Father in Heaven, to do the will of Hashem. A simple, simple test, by the way, could be a test of a bravery. We just had a party today. There was thousands of thousands of things. I myself brought two little kugels. I brought a little cake. Other people, two other Jewish workers brought in cookies, but there was a spread of like 30 different items, 30 different items. I really would have loved to, if I had the ability to, if it would have been, how nice would it have been to have all these wonderful delicacies? How hard is it not to be able to partake of all these things that everybody else besides the three of us can? Difficulty, very difficulty. got to step up and walk out of the room because it smelled so good, unfortunately. They even use a crock pot to make meatballs. I do that every week for me and my wife. And I'm like, who made these meatballs? Come on. Very, very delicious. Smelling. But <laughs> couldn't have it because we have to be able to, to use our strength in different ways. Ebenezer points out in Devarim, be courageous and brave that you know Hashem will stand with you in any place where you go to do battle. How strong, how brave are the soldiers. And I love seeing the messages where they give us chizak, where we want to give them chizak. And they're literally walking into Gaza, literally in the north fighting Hezbollah, and in Gaza fighting Hamas, and all over the place fighting these terrible, terrible, evil people. And they talk about Hashem, you know, will go with them. And in the in the beautiful Misha Berach for Tzahal, they say that, and Hashem should be able to save all of them and protect all of them, each and every one of them. And they should be able to do so. Hashem should stand with all of them and Hashem should stand with all of us wherever we go to do battle, whether it be physically with these soldiers fighting Hamas physically or whether it be physically fighting on the battlefield of the cybersphere, which is also very difficult misinformation and disinformation, total total anti-Semitism all the place, wherever we do battle, whether it be within ourselves or outside in the immediate hemisphere or whether it's in college campuses where there's also terribleness, different aspects, we should have the strength to do battle, to be the own hero in our own places. Perkovs teaches, even if you can't be the head like a fox, you should be the tail unto lions and rather being than a head onto a fox, because it's better to grab onto the courage, to grab onto the great people and follow them, rather than to be the head of a fox. And Tosfusyanta points out further that lions seem appropriate for the first part of the parable, as they are the most honorable of and rule all of, all of the animals. They possess great strength and great courage. They probably stand for the great and famous men, who possess the great strength it takes to bear the yoke of the Torah. Ketzer Shulchanar goes further, talking about how strong is the lion is a reference to the heart, because true valor is Serving Hashem comes from the heart. Talking about strengthening your heart to serve Him, overpowering your Yitzhar and defeating it as a hero to triumph over the enemy, defeating him and casting him to the earth. We have to do what we can to be strong, be a hero in the fight. The Rechaim talks about taking this idea, the proper conduct of the Jewish people depends on its ability to vanquish its evil, urge the Sukkim come to remind man that as soon as the soul leaves the celestial fears, 
Prior to entering his body, he must be prepared for the struggle with the Yitzhara manifested in many aspects, unfortunately, on this earth. He should not believe that no special valor is needed in order to overcome the spirituality negative forces. On the contrary, the struggle is called Milchama, war. Each of us have our own war within ourselves, but of course there's a war in the world as well, specifically in the land, but there's a war all over the place, trying to stand for the good, to stand for the light, to stand for the people of Israel, the Jewish people. Our sages say when they're talking about 4-1 and Perkeavos, they say the true hero is the person who conquers his inclinations. This is the reason the Torah did not write La Milchama to any war, but La Milchama to the war, La Milchama, La Milchama to the war, the well-known war against the evil. The real hero is therefore the one fighting the internal battles that no one knows about. Or Chaim and Devarim talks about when you're going against your enemies. It reminds us that the war that the Torah speaks about is not talking about the military hero. Once he conquers a city, he goes home and wrestles the laurels that shall be zochah, that their matzliach vanquish all the evil, and they're all able to go home to all their loved ones. But the outside battle, the war, which if the victor relaxes his guard, even momentarily after having scored a victory, his enemy is liable to revive and destroy him. So yesterday, the person was able to withstand having 15 pounds of beef. But what happens today? They might come stronger against him. They might come stronger against him tomorrow. Each day, you're not rest assured you'll be okay tomorrow just because you won today. The Torah assures us that even though the evil urge is an extremely tough adversary, one whose resources are stronger than human powers to overcome and aid it, Hashem will give the adversary into the hand if we're actively engaged in fighting him. The best you can hope is it will disappear for a while, but that Hashem will give you the strength to do what you can each day. Even the king has to be good at controlling his evil within him. How could he expect to control his soldiers otherwise? Only if he's in charge of himself can he be entrusted to be in charge of others, as the kid Yitzchak points out. Who is that hero? He who works on the baser aspects of himself. Then you can have heroism within yourself. You can have heroism with externally to yourself as well. A person should be able to do what they can to go above and beyond the evil within him, trying to excel in life. The way to combat it, of course, is learning Torah, but really trying to busy a person's self with good deeds and good character traits. That's the most important battle a person has to fight in his life. So if you have more on your side, if you have more within you, you have more good deeds on your side, more character traits on your side, you can win the minor battles and then you can work on work winning the major battles as well, as pointed out by Shnei Luchos and Brit. So the battlefield hero fights, and his battle is different. But the inner hero needs to stand up and be brave and destroy the inner struggles every day to really be heroic. Brochus talks about a very famous statement in 34b, Makum Shabali Tshuva Omdim, Sadikim Gemurum Enam Omdim. Rabbi Yavahu says this in Brachos 34b, In the place where penitents stand, where the people who do tshuva, the bali tshuva, stand, even the full-fledged righteous do not stand, because it says, Peace, peace upon him who is far and who is near. Peace and greeting is extended first to him who is far, the penitent, and only thereafter is peace extended to him who is near, the full-fledged righteous. The Mifhar Paninam also point out the one that is termed the hero, he is the one who can subdue the anger. That person is able to do so. And a hallmark of the Jewish people, of course, we know, is different aspects, humility and bashfulness and embarrassment. The humility is what is defined by Moshe, the most humble of all men. That is the premier Jewish hero from the redeeming relevance. 
Thus, Gannon points out, Boshin talks about being able to suppress one's anger as the, the greatest proof of greatness. Talking about the Gibor's heroes, that's someone who's able to conquer the emotions of that person that's able to work on themselves. The Sadiqim, the righteous people, subduing their evil urge to display true heroism, to display the ability to go out and be strong in this life, as the Shnei Chosabris points out. Even though jealousy is a very bad quality, we talk about this in another year as well, as Orchel Sadiqim talks about, there are instances where it could be very good and it could be very noble, especially when one envies those who revere Hashem. Because sometimes it is better to channel the inner struggles for good rather than try to defeat it outright. So use your passion to speak Lushan Tov rather than Lushan Har. Unfortunately, sometimes people do the opposite. They use their passion for speaking in the wrong way. We should do what we can to speak in the right way. We see how stronger we are with Ahavas with unity, with Achdas. Hopefully that lasts forever. It's really the way to rebuild the third temple. It's really the way to rebuild the third base of Mingdash using Lashon Tov, using Motsi Shem Tov, using the ability to do Ahavas and Chesed is really the best way to build the base of Mingdash. And a person can only be able to be rewarded for what they do if they have the struggles to begin with. That's why we look at these heroes, we look at these people as the role models throughout Tanakh, throughout the Torah, because they had things they had to work on, they had things that they had to deal with, and they are the ones that are able to be role models for us, as the Shnei Luchos points out. One who is slow to anger, the deceivous Olam points out, is mighty because he stands like a hero, not easily excited. One who rules and conquers his spirit, so not leave him, is greater than one who takes the city, because one who conquers the city is conquering something material in nature. But one that conquers his spirit, this is something that is not material in nature, therefore he is greater. That is a strong person. A true hero is the one who controls his radius, controls his temper. Shnei Lachosabris points out. Avraham is one of the greatest role models to look at, one of my favorite characters from Tanakh. Kedush Salivi points out that Avraham did not need it to acquire the virtue of loving kindness, as apparently he personified this virtue since birth. The characteristic of Gvura, the kind of bravery and heroism needed to wage war successfully, was not a quality he possessed from birth. He had to acquire it and his son was able to manifest in Gevurah as well. Lahavdil, the philosopher Lahavdil Lahavdil, the philosopher Socrates said, if all our misfortunes were laid, it's a quote that I think about sometimes, if all our misfortunes were laid in one common heap, once everyone must take an equal portion, most people would be content to take their own and depart. Meaning, if everybody would put their pechlach on the table, everybody would take back their own. I always had difficulties with that one. Was that true? But apparently people talk about it. Sometimes we were given struggles so we could become better specifically because of them, though we should never know from anything but good. And some traits we inherently have, sometimes we have to work on other ones as well. We talk about the idea. We talk about the aspect of the of the spies of Moragam. It's always a very difficult episode, a very difficult part of the Torah to relate to, to understand where they're coming from. But sometimes it was how they looked at themselves and how they looked at others. If you look at the passage itself from Bamidbar, Parakid Gimel, Pesukim Chavzayin to Lama Gimel, it's very fascinating to hear about what they said. This is what they told them. We came to your land you sent us to. It does indeed flow with milk and honey. It does indeed flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who inhabit the country are powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the Anakites there. The Anakites dwell in the Negev region, 
the Chitites, the Yavusites, and the Amorites inhabit the hill country, excuse my allergies, and Canaanites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. Caleb hushed the people before Moses and said, Let us all by means go up, and we shall gain possession of it. We shall surely overcome it. But the men who have gone up with him said, We cannot attack the people, for it is stronger than we. Thus they spread calumnies among the Israelites about the land they had scouted, saying, The country that we traverse is God is one that devours its settlers. All the people that we saw in it are men of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the Anakai is part of the Nephilim. We look like grasshoppers to ourselves. And so we must have looked to them. The problem that some commentators talk about in this passage is fascinating. It's all in the word Ephes. A lot of times they look at the passage and they say, why do they say Ephes? What is the meaning of using that word Ephes? Because in their own eyes, they didn't think of themselves with the mentality that Hashem will give them the strength. They could be their own heroes. They could conquer whatever is around them. They thought of themselves as small. They literally say in the Pasuk, V'haya, whatever the word for the we look like grasshoppers to ourselves who in the world could tell you what you look like to yourself you only look at yourself in a certain way so we must look to them you looked at yourself as a grasshopper however but this is the problem they look at the aspect and, and this is what the commentators say the fault is here they're looking at themselves in the wrong way and how powerful, how easy it is to see such a thing. And for all of us, this happens. We often, too often, see ourselves as so little, so nothing, so negative as an FS. We see ourselves as a zero. We don't see the heroic ability within us. They don't see, we don't see the powerful ability within us. If it can happen to the Moragam, who are great leaders, before they had the downfall, it could happen to any one of us. We just have to take out the FS. We take out the Kachagavim. Don't think of yourself as a grasshopper. But Yoshua and Caliph stand up from Bamidbar 14, 6-10, Vav to Yud. Yoshua, son of, of Nun, and Caliph, son of Yefuna, of those who had scouted land, rent their clothes and exhorted the whole Israelite community. The land that we traversed and scouted is an exceedingly good land. If Hashem is pleased with us, He will bring us into the land, the land that flows with milk and honey, and give it to us. Only don't rebel against Hashem. Have no fear of the people of the country. They are praying. Their protection is departed from their Lord is with us. Have no fear. The problem was the Ephes was already implanted into the nation, into the people by the first ten. The second, the last two come and, and do a beautiful plea. But the Ephes, the Kachagavim, was already put into people's minds that they were like grasshoppers, that they were nothing, they weren't strong. And that's the, the danger of the, the non-heroic ability, the non-heroic ma- mindset the negative, the FS mindset, which we have to try to avoid at all costs. Unfortunately, a lot of times our perception of ourselves can be faulty. We could feel like the FS. We could feel like the zeros in our own eyes. We must realize that we have to fight the good fight and be our own heroes in our lives. We should know it's not a, a fair battle. The evil inclination dominates the person from the moment of emergence from the womb. Sanhedrin points out a 91B. And we only get... The Yates Tov much, much later. It's not very fair. It's not very fair. My com points out for the first 13 years of life, one rebels. One has only the Yates technically. Whatever that means. But in the 14th year, 
when a kid turns 13 for boys, 12 for girls, the light of intelligence finally appears in him, and then he becomes a bar mitzvah, subject to the punishment of a human court. So basically, for 13 years, who gets the edge? The Yitzhahara. And finally, in year 13, the Yitzhahara comes and finally tries to do battle. So you're already doing a losing battle, right? You have 13 years of strength on one side, and then only then the other side comes. But how we could fortify it is by each act, each mitzvah, each Torah learning, each chesed we do that fortifies the good and tries to neg- negatively counteract the bad each aspect we do and we try to do what we can to be a Jewish spiritual here the Jewish spiritual here points out in volume 3 that Hashem gives good and evil inside and he gave the power to control Hashem chooses your house your wife your spouse your car your job and everything like that but he doesn't choose the good and evil you do. He doesn't tell you, he doesn't make you do good and evil. That's up to you. But he implants us the good and the evil. He gives us the power to control it. He gives us the power to be the inner hero. He gives us the power to use our forces for good, to use our money for good, our finances for good. What do you think the man could have done, the man we spoke about in the beginning, the 500 grand he gave to all these reservists? He could have bought another house. He could have bought another five cars. But he took that money with a beautiful concept, went to the airport, and supposedly this was a Haredi man sponsoring IDF people, which I thought was beautiful, extra beautiful. And he took that money that easily could have paid for 10 weddings of his kids and used it for people to do good, to fight the good fight, to fight in our land for our people, for the Jewish state, for the Jewish people. Beautiful taking what he could it to do what we can. A person who is heroic subdues the evil desires since they're with man since his birth while his good desires manifest themselves when you work on these things, when you do these good things day in and day out, trying to do what you can. Because true heroism, Words of Peace points out, is when a man rules over his own spirit by removing from his heart thoughts and ideas that he was raised with for the first 13 years of the evil trying to take over the good, which many generations succeeded in planting in the hearts of the multitudes. But he uses his great wisdom to overcome that and look for the good, look for the truth, and look for the light. The Torah's the tor- historic Judaism points about the heroism of the Golas, the great heroism of endurance, of faithfulness, of unshakable belief in a better world to come, preparing to die rather than to accept a lie or to bow down to evil. Hashem gives us a nature and nurture from birth to fight the evil within and around us. We must use both for the good to fight our internal and external battles, which fascinating. I saw a reel today on one of my WhatsApp groups talking about the different mitzvahs of the generations. Every generation has its own struggle, its own midst, so that everyone else wants to eradicate, wants to destroy, wants to combat. If you look at the world, it's very fascinating to see these different things. This is not me. There's a person speaking on this reel today. Every generation had a mitzvah that, that the evil, the the immoral people wanted to eradicate from them, take away from them. So in the times of the Great Depression in the 20s and 30s and 40s, they didn't want you to keep Shabbos. Even later, they didn't want you to keep Shabbos. If you're going to work on, if you're not going to work on Shabbos, don't, come, don't bother to come back on Monday. That was their generation. Different generations you know, throughout history, they didn't want them to do Brismila because they couldn't stand that. Other things you could do, but Brismila, that's not our trouble today. Other generations, besides for Shabbos, they don't want them to do Rosh Chodesh, they don't want them to keep Hanukkah, they don't want to keep every generation at a different mitzvah. So nowadays it's fascinating to see, you want to keep Shabbos, no problem, you keep your Sabbath. You want to learn Torah, no problem, we'll get Jewish books for you. You want to... You want to get filling? No problem. We're happy to help the, the the straps. You want to get fringes? We'll let you wear fringes. There's one mitzvah that nowadays the the evil, the immorals, the non-Jews, the enemies, they cannot stand. What is that? 
it's so obvious nowadays the one mitzvah they cannot stand is Israel because every other mitzvah they don't have a problem yeah wear your tefillin wear, do your Shabbos light your candles we'll give you surprise but the one area there's no support because it's the one mitzvah they can't handle this is the mitzvah the lady was talking about on the real that this generation cannot handle and we have to cleave to it we have to cling to it and we have to grab onto it tighter than ever we can't give it up you know god forbid previous generations in spain the moranos and in the holocaust people tried to assimilate but in the end the non-jew the evil they always want to eradicate every single jew you can't give up on Israel. You can't give up on the land. You hold it tighter. Because God forbid we did, it would be the end of the world. They'd go after every Jew everywhere. It doesn't matter. Having our land, our stronghold is the most important thing to hold on to, to keep to. And that's why they're so against it. Never has there been such an extreme explosion against a certain land. Because that's this mitzvah's generation's mitzvah to hold on to. It's fascinating. You know, they don't have a problem with me keeping kosher with this or that. But inflammatory responses are only with the land of Israel. And they cover it, calling it anti-Zionism, but really, obviously it's just a new form of anti-Semitism. They try to cloak it in PC ways, but there's nothing PC about it. There's nothing logical about it. It's obvious, and if anyone reads any scriptures of any history of anything, obviously it's straight up the Jewish land, and that's this generation's mitzvah and struggle, and it's beautiful to see how strongly committed the army is and the nation is and the land is, that the whole world of Jews are rallying around this tiny little country, heroic, Heroic, heroic people for heroic times, for heroic aspects of the land. Even Avram, different people had different things they had to combat. Avram was fighting a polytheism. The only person on earth, he was called the Ivri. Why? Because everyone was against him. He was on one side of the river, the Ivrahanahar, and everyone else was on the other side of the river. He was the Ivri, the original Jew, who at three years old, according to some opinions, was able to recognize the fallacy, the falsehood, of polytheism when everyone else that was his difficulty you know Yaakov had to deal with Emma's fighting falsehood it's okay yeah you could you could do this and that but you can't I can't have you marry this one before this one I can't have you do this I'm going to change your wages a hundred times and Yitzhak had to deal with you know redigging the wells they couldn't handle him being wealth every single generation they want to destroy us for a different reason every single generation and that's the current generation so stay strong stay true stay powerfully aligned with our beautiful homeland our beautiful land Eretz Yisrael Eretz Kedosha and of course we saw it in the rally last week as well but we know that we have to be heroic in the war for Torah, the heroic in the war for the land of Israel, giving and taking, doing what we can to using the spiritual weapons we have of Judaism, of doing mitzvahs, doing Torah learning on behalf of the Jewish people, on behalf of our soldiers, using our power, the spiritual power. That's the heroic ability we can do in our own life. <laughs> the determination of Jews that toward historic Judaism points out, the determination of Jews to realize their Judaism in the midst of antagonistic forces and in defiance of them. That's a heroic determination of millions and millions of Gullish Jews not to bow down to alien forces, not to acknowledge them, to go on living as if they did not exist. Every generation, so many people wanted to come up to us. I love the quote. I forget what the quote is from, but... It's not even a quote from a Jewish person. I think it comes from Mark Twain, who was not even the best friend of the Jews, but he talked about the land itself, how it was laid fallow and wasteful until the Jews came back, and then Baruch Hashem, it bloomed, thanks to Hashem. And every generation, someone came up against us. But where are the, the, where are the Germans now? Where are the Romans now? Where are the Persians now? Where are the Greeks now? Everyone rose up, made a great stink, and fell to the annals of history. 
because Hashem made a promise later many, many years ago to Avram that the Jewish people will always be around. And if you look at any history of anything related to anything, it's amazing just to look at our history for thousands of years. So anyone who really rises up against us, it really would be better for them not to, because it's never a good ending for them. But the very fact that the Judaism and Gaulus has become identified with sacrifice testifies only too painfully to the anomaly of Gaulus existence and Jewish existence. Judaism is sacrificed when it has to be realized by Jews whose everyday life is determined by an alien environment. Because heroism and Torah means standing up for beliefs, even in Gaulus society, even throughout society. Gevura, being a strength, being a, a heroic person, being strong and courageous, doing what you can throughout the life, throughout the years. Brochus points out in 32b, Gemara also talks about elsewhere that there are three things that are nicknamed by Yisurim, and one of them is Eretz Yisrael also. Even Yoshua, the great Yoshua, when he takes over for Moshe, I've asked my wife this before, why so many times does Moshe have to tell Yehoshua, Chazak v'yamatz, Chazak v'yamatz, Rak Chazak v'yamatz, Ve'od l'shmor v'lasos k'yichola Torah, Chazak v'yamatz 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 Because some things require strengthening. Torah and good deeds require bolstering. Torah, good deeds, prayer, and occupation, because it talks about when Moshe instructs Yoshua, be strong and extremely courageous, observe and do the Torah, do not deviate right or left, because you know he had to handle the Jewish people, handle the mantle after Moshe, handle the Zakanim, handle conquering the land and dividing the land. A lot of difficulties, but strong and courageous, he needed the brachos too, because we need the heroism and the strength to fulfill the Torah words in different aspects, in different places, and in different situations. Of course, we know the very famous passage I talk about often. Amishli, Sheva Yibotzadik become. It might not be easy every day to be a hero. We might fail sometimes. We might fall sometimes, even to our inner, inner struggles, our inner battles. But seven times the righteous man falls and gets up. And what's remarkable is keep on going and keep on rising and keep on going every day. Downward motion for the sake of upward motion, as Preetzadik points out. Being mighty and courageous, keep going even when it's difficult, even when you might fall. You have to keep going and doing what you can to be courageous, to be upright, to be your hero and a hero for the Jewish people and a hero for the land of Israel itself. A person has to do what he can to go in the course of action, to be noble, a noble, precious soul, to fight and be aligned with the ideals of the Torah. I just spoke about this with my wife just a little while ago. The moral relativism of the of the non-Jewish society is not really moral aspects as well. If it's not tied down to the Torah, to the ideas of Hashem, it's all relative. You could say anything, really anything can be possible, and that's a very slippery slope. What does it mean to be a good person if it's not tied to the Jewish Torah, if it's not tied to the aspect, to the land, to the aspects of what Hashem wants from us? The true definition of a hero is one who is fighting the good fight within himself to overcome his struggles with character and conviction and not a physical strength. The real hero, of course, we have many, many real heroes on the battlefield in Gaza and throughout the Jewish land. All the people stepping up and standing up for the soldiers, for the land, and for the Jewish people are real heroes itself, but we're talking about ourselves to be heroes too, fighting the internal battles that no one knows about, fighting every day, destroying the inner evil within each of us, channeling the inner struggles for good rather than trying to defeat it outright, given 
doing what we can to become stronger in our situations, making sure that we can look at ourselves not in a faulty way, not looking at ourselves like the Maragam did. We're not zeros. We're not FS. We can be a good hero. We're not a Kachagavim. We're not like the grasshoppers. We're much stronger than that, much greater than that. Hashem gives us a nature and a nurture to do what we can to bring out good, to bring out mitzvahs, to bring out chesed. Heroism in Torah means standing up for your beliefs, even in Golas all the years. We should be Zohar the Mashiach comes today, realizing even if we fall again and again, Sheva Yibot if you come, get up and try again. Get up and try again. Overcoming all aspects of our life to be heroic, even when retribution is warranted against certain people or certain things. Courage means standing up in all the battles of life, inner and external, inside and outside. Using courage to work on eternal struggles, standing up for what we believe in, carrying that Torah ideals, the Torah mitzvahs and chesed, using good things in our life for good to be a real hero. Using noble traits and noble character shows a true hero as well. And love what you do, do what you love, doing noble and holy acts, using your power, your talents to do what you can to make the world a better place. The question and challenge I'll leave off with you you is what can you do to be a hero for yourself a hero for your family a hero for the jewish people and a hero for the land of israel itself during these very difficult times think what you can do to be the hero that the jewish people need today and every single day this has been tani talks radio where we talk about a topic for the week for the audience members to keep join us next i'm here on tani talks radio and i'm your host tani